and we're going to skip down to verse 14. And I'm so thankful that this church is uh, reading your Bible and getting involved in that. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm, I'm reading. I, I'm, I do a different plan. You've heard me talk about that. But just rest assured, Pastor is reading every day, making sure that I'm in the Word. And I'm reading not just to find something to preach. I'm reading because I need God's Word to speak to me, just like you need God's Word to speak to you. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, say amen. If you don't have your Bibles, no, I'll be nice to you. And God said, verse 14, and God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heaven to separate the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Let them be lights in the expanse of the heaven to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule by the day, say the sun, and a lesser light to rule by the night, say the moon, and the stars. And uh, he, he did that to separate the light from the darkness. God saw it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, and it was the fourth day. Hallelujah. Why don't you shake somebody's hand or maybe say hello to someone sitting around you and, and say, hey, are you going to preach with the preacher in Jesus' name? Hallelujah, hallelujah. From the very beginning of time, God designed seasons. We have seasons today. The fact that it was like 15 degrees today with windshield hovering perhaps in the single digits. The reason over in eastern seaboard and, and Newfoundland they got some 12 feet of snow in like a day last night you know yesterday it's because of seasons here in, in, in Missouri we tend to have all four we may not like the way they fall we may not like how they come but we do get all four seasons we get a, a winter and then a spring and then a summer and then a fall and it goes back again seasons there are things that happen in those seasons. In those seasons, some things grow. If you want to plant a garden, you don't plant a garden right now. You don't go, and, and, and even if you could, if the ground's not froze, you don't walk out in December and January, put some corn seed in the ground or put some tomato plants out. It's not going to work because seasons, there are things that grow in certain seasons and things that don't grow in other seasons. God ordained seasons. If you begin to look, and I'm going to take you on a journey if you'll let me, Daniel chapter 2 and verse 21 tells of a very important part of those seasons. Maybe you can find it faster than I can in my Bible, Brother Andy. But Daniel chapter 2, I wouldn't be good at a sword drill right now. I'm just going to let you find it. Daniel chapter 2 and verse uh, 21. The Bible says it this way. Maybe, if we'll get there, there we are. That he, that's God, God changes times and seasons. And he removes kings and sets up kings. And he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And the, the, the thing is, is that God is in control of the seasons. Did you know that? 
Now, I, I'm going to, not to get political, but I'm going to vote when we have our vote. I'm going to go out. I'm going to do my civic duty. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for the candidate that I feel has the best chance of, of having some semblance, and it's sometimes picking the lesser of two evils, but I'm going to choose a candidate that has the best ability to, to, to somehow keep our, our, our country in a moral direction. But if, if my candidate doesn't win, if your candidate doesn't win, I might be saddened for a little bit if I feel the direction's going opposite, but I have learned something a long time ago, and that is God sets up kings. God puts down kings. God knows the directions. God knows the season. God knows the time. If I could, and I, I realize perhaps those of you who are great students of hermenology and students of the exegesis of the word, mainly our Bible college students, uh, don't go back and, and use this sermon to tell your professors, you know, the right way to preach because I'm probably doing everything your professor says not to do as I take some verses and maybe use them a little bit differently than, than, than their first or their primary meaning. But in Acts chapter 1, you find something else that begins to take place, and that is when they came to Jesus after his, his uh, resurrection, and they, he's been on the earth for a little bit after the death, burial, the resurrection. And they ask him, uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 6, they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now they had some, some uh, you know, reasons for asking that. They still had not yet understood exactly what all had transpired. They didn't know how it was all going to play out. But if you'll let me just pull the words of Jesus out of the primary understanding let me put it into the sermon today Jesus answered and said it's not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority and so in in these three chapters in these in these three uh, different ways you just have to know that that God ordained seasons in those seasons God is fully in control. There's not a season that takes God by surprise. There's not a season that comes that God wonders or says, how exactly did that happen? You might, and MoDOT for sure, might get caught off guard by a freak snowstorm and a season change or an a, a, a early season storm, but God doesn't. But there are seasons in our life. The great teacher Song of Sol or Solomon, the one that wrote Song of Solomon, but he also wrote Ecclesiastes. And he, in Ecclesiastes, he did a lot of thinking. He did a lot of philosophizing, something along those lines. And he said this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. In everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. As I read these next few lines... Would you see that there is a correlation? Each one of these lines contain two seasons, and those seasons are connected. There is a time to be born and a time to die. They're connected. A time to plant and a time to pluck up or harvest that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, 
a time to get, or, or your Bible may say keep, but, it, but it, it probably would be better translated to get and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace, seasons. I believe that I could look at each one of you and I can make this statement that you could find your own life somewhere in the midst of those seasons that the writer of Ecclesiastes wrote. Have you ever had a time that you've mourned? You ever had a time that you rejoiced? You ever had a time where it felt like everything was ending? Or maybe a time where it felt like something was beginning? There's seasons in our life. I could go around and pass the mic. It wouldn't take me very long. In fact, I can read some of your Facebook posts. I can just talk to you for just a little bit of time. And I would quickly, for the most part, find out what season you're in. Some of you are in a season of despair. Others are in a season of joy. You're some of you are in a brand new season. We've got uh, new new mothers and our expectant mothers that are in here, and and just just hang out. It's going to be fun. That's a whole nother season. We just married a couple yesterday. That's a new season. But for every one of those, there's there's some of you. Your children are are leaving home, and you're experiencing the empty nest season. And part of you are saying hallelujah. And others of you walk to the empty bedrooms and cry and clutch their stuffed animals and remember how cute they were lying in that bed. There's a season for everything. And in these seasons, we tend to allow the season to dictate what we do and how we worship. It's why if you're in a season of rejoicing, if you're in a season of the miraculous, it's easy for you to walk to church and lift up hands and give God praise. But I've been pastor long enough and I've watched some of you come in with heads low and heads bowed down and you're in a season where it seems like you're in defeat and despair and you come in and it takes everything you can to raise one finger to heaven because it's season. What do you do when you're in a season? Sometimes we have a season where everything's growing good. We have a season where you walk out and there's harvest and you can pick. But other times you walk out to a season where the trees look like dead sticks. And there's no leaves on it. And there's no fruit on it. And you wonder, is life worth it? Because there are seasons. But I'd like to just help you today, and I'm not going to be much longer, I hope. Every time I say that, I tend to be longer than I thought, but I I don't intend to lie to you. It just sometimes changes as I keep preaching. But I want to just help you out that your season does not define you. The season that you're in at this moment, does not have to be what is placed on your tombstone for all to remember you by. I don't even care if the season ultimately takes your life. That season isn't your definition. The Bible begins to lay out a very interesting story in the book of Mark chapter 11, and I invite you to turn there with me. Mark chapter 11 and verse 12. It's a story that I've preached different ways and I've read it and I'm still trying to understand it all. And about the time that I was just 
sort of sitting there saying, God, I, I, I mean, I preached it, but I don't know that I understand it. God spoke very clearly to me. That it was a day, the Bible says the following day, when they came from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing in a distance a fig tree and leaf. It was a fig tree. It was green. It had a lot of leaves on it. And he went to see if he, couldn't if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. And so here's how the story goes. He found nothing but leaves. If I could skip over one little part right there, and you go to the next verse, the next verse says, Jesus got mad, and he cursed the fig tree, and he said, don't let anybody ever eat from you again, and his disciples heard it. If you skip down in Mark chapter 11, and you go to verse 20, the next morning they passed by it again. They saw the fig tree withered away to its roots, and Peter remembered, this is the fig tree you cursed. Okay, I get it. The master came. He wanted something to eat. The creator of all the universe wanted something to eat, and, and it wasn't there, and he got mad, and he cursed it. But if you go back to that, that verse, what is it, 14, I believe? Let me see. Go, go back to, to, to uh, yeah, yeah, verse 14. Or no, verse 13. He says he came and found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. You think about that. Let that drill into you. It wasn't time for figs. You, you ever, um, how many of you country folks ever eaten a persimmon? Okay, I've eaten persimmon. Do you know that there is a season for persimmons? Just because that's persimmons on that tree don't mean you ought to eat that persimmon. The old story, and it's not, it's not exactly tied to um, the frost, but I've always been told, and you, you, you've even told me, that, that once you have a good hard frost, there's something that happens in the biologic, uh, bi biological process of that persimmon, and, and that frost turns it sweet. I've found that's not entirely true because I've eaten good persimmons that were before frost. But if you pick a persimmon out of season, you might as well have swallowed a whole gallon of, uh, of alumum and, and, and then you can't talk like this because you're going to feel like you got a whole bunch of cotton in your mouth and you, ain't gonna be, you can whistle real good, but that's about all you can do. Anybody ever eaten an unripe persimmon? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. You ever eaten, okay, for those of you that ain't country, how many of you have eaten an unripe strawberry? They're not good. But, but this isn't even an unripe strawberry. This is walking out, and, and, and the, the, the strawberry, the, 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 the fruit, the apple, the orange, whatever it was, it wasn't even time for that fruit to be on the tree, and Jesus walked to it. It was the wrong season of that fig tree's life, and, and, and the master came. It had nothing to give him, and the Lord cursed the tree for not having fruit in the wrong season. I have tried my best to figure that out until the Lord began to speak to me a couple weeks ago and I realized that I am pulling some verses far away from their perhaps intended understanding but this is how the Lord spoke he said Brandon the reason I cursed that fig tree he said I would take you to 2nd Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 and I know he was preaching to a preacher named Timothy but it makes this statement he says Timothy you need to learn to be instant in season and out of season now I'm taking off slow 
like a jumbo jet with a long runway. But here's how it is. So you need to pay attention because I'm almost done. And it goes like this. It doesn't matter what season you're in. It doesn't matter if everything comes against you. It doesn't matter if the world has cast bulwarks against you and has that got you at siege. Jesus begins to tell me that he's not interested in what your season is, but when the master comes, you need to praise him regardless of the season. You need to give him something regardless of the season because your season does not define you. And so it is that I begin to realize that in season or out of season, when I feel like praising him or when I can't hardly find the strength to praise him, there is something that has to get inside of me that says I'm instant in it, I'm instant out of it. God, you deserve the glory even when I don't feel like it. I know it's a hard season. I've been there. I've walked through some of those seasons. I've walked through seasons where in my life it was like a 12-year drought. There wasn't anything growing. I could kick up a dust storm a mile wide. I've walked through loss. I've walked through heartache. I've walked through despair. I've walked through depression. I've walked through when it seems as if my mind is covered by darkness. I've walked the season, but I've had to learn like Job said. I I may have come into this world naked, and I may leave this world naked. I may not have anything when I come in the world, and I may not have anything when he takes me home, but this I know. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you give it, blessed be your name. If you take it away, blessed be your name because my season does not define me. It's the understanding of a Paul and a Silas who's stuck there in a in a in a a a a jail cell and and they're wondering how it's all going to play out and 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 the bible says that they're in stocks and bonds and they they have orders to tear the clothes off of them and to beat them with rods and they've inflicted many blows on them tossed them in prison ordered the jailer to keep them safe and they're sitting there in the midst of their feet in stocks with others on uh, guarding them and the bible says you've heard it at midnight Paul and Silas were praising and singing praises to God. It's not the right season to do that. I mean, if you've just been beat to an inch of your life and you're sitting in a damp, dirty, dark prison and your clothes have been ripped off of you and there's no feather bed and there's no select comfort mattress and you've got chains and stocks on your feet, that's not the time to worship him. That's the time you start complaining. That's the time that you get on Facebook and say, woe is me. That's the time when you start throwing in the tile. That's the time when you say it's not worth it. But Paul and Silas realize something. They're seasoned doesn't define them. I like the songs that our praise team and our choir pick because a lot of the songs that were sung tonight, if you would have caught it, were songs that says I'm singing in the midst of a storm. I'm going to worship in the midst of a storm. I'm going to worship in the midst of a trial. I'm going to give him praise because I will learn to be instant in season and out of season. We've all been there. We, the preacher, the music leader says, let's worship. And you say, let's not. Clap your hands unto the Lord, all you saints, and you say, nope, not today. 
Sometimes it feels as if the weight is there. But to be instant in season and out of season means that your praise is ready no matter what. See, that's a, that's a mindset more than an emotion. When I, when I do, and you've heard me say it, a lot of you have at least, when I do pre-marriage counseling, I tell them that love is, is not an emotion. Love is a, let's see if you know, love is a choice. Love is a choice. And that love that's a choice means that I love them even when I don't feel like loving them. Now, I don't advise you to look at your spouse right now and say that, but you know it's true. When you don't feel like loving them, you love them anyway. Can I tell you that that love that we have for our spouse or we have for our children or we have for our family must be mirrored even greater with our love for God. That even when it feels like all heaven and hell is cast against me and I can't seem to know what weighs up, down, right, or left, I've learned to be instant in season and out of season. And when I don't feel like it, I lift my hands and I worship him. Even when I'm hurting on the inside, I lift my hands and I give him glory. When sickness has racked my body, I still say, blessed be your name. When darkness and despair come, blessed be the name. I know you have had a hard season. I know right now some of you don't feel like worshiping him, but if I could direct your attention to an old fig tree somewhere outside of Galilee, I would tell you this, that your master is here, that he's looking for fruit, and he's the one who knows the seasons, and he's the one who's wondering is there fruit in the midst of an unfruitful season? The master is here. Jesus is here. Oh, probably it's a test. I get that. He stands there and he looks at you in the eye. And he's wondering what you're going to do in the midst of a rough season. And he's waiting. the lower part of a dungeon I hear a song rising somewhere in the lower part of a dungeon with backs still bleeding and wet from the beating they took there's a praise that's going out the praise begins to issue forth from that little cell that they were in in fact the word of God says in the book of Acts that those other prisoners begin to hear the praise it made no sense to them those other prisoners probably thought Paul and Silas had lost their ever-loving mind. But in the midst of a praise in a rough season, a shaking began to occur. And that shaking began to shake the prison walls that held them captive. It began to shake the stocks and the chains wrapped around their feet until with a mighty roar and crescendo, walls begin to fall and chains begin to open and prison doors begin to fling open. And in the midst of a season and a feeling that I don't want to praise, they begin to be instant in season and out of season. And as they did, God took notice. And I'm telling you today in the power and the presence and the fear of God that your season doesn't define you. I don't know how else to say it. I've tried to say it here. I'm probably repeating myself and I'm well aware of it. But I'm trying to get to somebody right now that you've allowed your season to define who you are. You've allowed your season to dictate the worship or lack thereof. But Jesus says, 
the fig tree who was not in season, I still was looking for something. I know you would have said it's not my time. And I'm pretty confident if the fig tree could speak, the fig tree would be wringing its hands, sputtering, saying, but, 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 it's not time. I don't feel like it. I mean, it's not even warm enough outside for the buds to pop and for the fruit to begin to grow. Lord, I've not been germinated. It's not time. You can't expect me to worship. Look what season it is, Lord. And Lord shakes his head and says, I know what season it is. I control the seasons. I, I know every season known to man. I'm, I was the one that created them in the very beginning. I know what you're going through. He said, I'm just looking to see if you can worship in spite of the storm. Would you stand all across this building?